0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast where we will be discussing multilingualism and multilingual students. Here are my partners, Ariana, who will be examining the statistics of multilingual students. Allison, who will speak about the assumptions and prejudice against the students. Nicolette, who will discuss the education system culturally, and myself, Isabella. I will be talking about the ways to create a more inclusive environment and ways to solve prejudice against these students.
1: If you were to take a guess, how many people would you guess speak another language in the U.S.? If you said over 20%, then you're absolutely correct. About 20% of the U.S. population speaks a language other than English at home. This may not sound like a lot, but it's more than 60 million people over the age of five. So I'm sure that if you don't personally speak another language, someone you know definitely does. While many people speak more than one language, there are many that use English as their secondary language. Some of the top five most used languages in the U.S. besides English are Spanish, Chinese, which includes Cantonese, Mandarin, and other varieties, French, which includes French Creole, Tagalog, and Vietnamese. No matter where you are, I'm sure that you'll encounter someone who speaks one of these languages or a different language. The most important thing is that no matter what language someone speaks, they're still treated with respect. And we can learn this from a young age, specifically in a school setting because there's so many children who do grow up multilingual. Actually, in U.S. public schools, English learners speak over 400 languages. Students bring so much to the table just within their cultural backgrounds, and it's so important to embrace that. There are 3.8 million students in U.S. schools who are native Spanish speakers and are not proficient in English, and about 22.5% of school children don't even speak English at home in the U.S.
2: There are so many assumptions made about English language learners and their families. One assumption made is that parents of ELLs don't speak English. In fact, many students come from multilingual households and communicate in several languages with their families. Children who are adopted from another country may not know anything about English, but it might be their parents only or native language. We should also not assume that ELLs are fluent in their native language. Some children end up replacing their first language with English for convenience in communicating with friends, teachers, and people in their community. An assumption made by teachers and school administration is that students shouldn't use their native language in school because it interferes with their English language acquisition. This is actually the opposite of interference. Students who process content learned in their native language will have a better opportunity to fully understand the content given to them and help them acquire English more effectively because it helps increase comprehension. Using their native language also validates their self identity, making them feel safe in school. Some may ask, how can I communicate if we speak different languages? A language barrier should never be a reason to not work or speak with an ELL. Technology and visual aids are a good way to start, but compassion and patience is also needed to work efficiently. These assumptions may seem unimportant, but they affect how teachers teach English language learners. Some teachers believe that when ELLs make grammar mistakes when speaking, it's best to correct them right away so they don't make the mistake again. This could be harmful to a student who's not confident in their English and cause them to not speak as much for fear of making a mistake. Instead of focusing on sentence structure and grammar, it's important that the the ideas are conveyed. One of the major assumptions teachers can make is assuming that all English language learners and their families are the same. These families are a wide variety of cultures, races, socioeconomic classes, and academic experiences. Some families will immigrate to the United States for safety or freedom, but many for professional or personal reasons as well. Every English language learner has their own individual family life experiences and identity.
3: So it's pretty apparent there are plenty of assumptions about ELL learners, immigrants, and multilingual people in the United States. These assumptions have caused people to form prejudices towards them and make them believe they somehow know better. Well, unfortunately, this know-it-all attitude and many of these prejudices have influenced the education system in the U.S. to become less diverse and effectively reducing the integration of foreign languages and cultures in students' education. As an example, we can take a look at the foreign languages taken by US students versus other countries in Europe. In a study between 2016 and 2017, it showed that 20% of US students in primary and secondary schools are learning at least one foreign language. This doesn't seem so bad, right? Not until you compare to the data taken from schools in Europe. The median percentage of students taking at least one foreign language in European schools is about 92%, which blows the US schools out of the water. That's insane. A big reason for the small percentage is a lack of standardization for learning foreign languages in schools. Unfortunately, the curriculums for schools are organized by the states themselves instead of the federal government, and because of that, most schools don't have the same language requirements. In fact, the highest percentage of students enrolled in at least one foreign language is in New Jersey, with only slightly more than half learning a non-English language. This is still an incredibly small amount of students expanding out and learning other languages in their cultures. Unfortunately, the only reasonable explanation for this is the influence of prejudices towards immigrants and multilingual people in the education system. In the past, Native Americans were forced in government boarding schools to learn English and modern Western culture, without teaching them their own language or culture. Because of this forced assimilation, these Native American students did not know their own heritage and could not pass down this information to future generations. This is a clear example of cultural erasure done by the American education system because of the ideology that non-English languages and non-Western cultures were inferior. Now unfortunately, this experience in the past still occurs today. Despite the fact that the US doesn't have an official language, about 31 states have declared that English is their official language. While this doesn't sound so bad on the surface, the real consequence of this is that it allows schools to adopt a more prejudiced or racist attitude towards immigrants and multilingual students. An example would be Arizona's decrease in bilingual programs and adopting a mostly English immersion setting, despite the fact that the state has a very large Latino population. Some teachers even go as far as reprimanding students for speaking their native language, telling them to speak English or even speak American. This speak English or you're not welcome here mentality is what's discouraging students to learn other languages or even their own native languages, and this is slowly decreasing diversity in schools because students can't freely express themselves out of fear of being ridiculed or outcasted. With this in mind, we actually have a special guest speaker in this episode. Isabella's dad, Antonio, is Italian-born and learned English in the US. Today, we'll be asking some questions and getting a first-hand account of his experience.
0: Okay, so for starters, when did you start learning English in America?
4: When uh, I started learning English in in America, as soon as I came here, the easiest way for me to learn English was watch cartoons, which have a basic language, uh, English language. I knew some English from school in Italy, but was really ba- basics, like food, like, you know places, uh, things like that. The television helped me a lot. Uh, like I said, I was watching a lot of cartoons, which was a very simple language. Uh, Sesame Street, for for example. Once I was comfortable with my English, I took classes in uh, st john's university helped me a lot with the grammar with the complicated words things like that
0: you think that it was easier that they taught you well here that they made it easier for you or do you think it was pretty difficult
4: they made it easier it's not that difficult if you want to learn the english language in this country they make it easy they have uh, a lot of free courses churches you can take a lot of courses everywhere. For example, I could have taken it in church. I, I decided, you know, like uh, St. John's offer it, uh, other schools offered it. even like high schools. Because when I came from here, I lived in Queens. They had a lot of places where I could go and learn English. Do
0: you still speak Italian at home with your family?
4: Yes, we speak a lot of Italian in the family. Uh, because most of my family is Italian, most of my friends are Italian too. So when there's parties, like weddings, uh, there's a lot of Italian. So we we speak uh, a lot of Italian in the house.
0: Did you feel that you were being discouraged at all from speaking Italian when you moved here?
4: No, I wasn't discouraged by anybody to speak my language. It was discouraging speaking the language because I decided to speak Italian to somebody <laughs> that they didn't understand my language, yeah, you know, it made no sense. I mean, I could go up to somebody and speak Italian to them, and you know, it would make no sense because they would not understand me. They actually, you know, encouraged you more. Encouraged me, like a lot of people like my accent. Like you know, they actually encouraged me. Like, oh, why you say this in Italian? So, like a lot of people, like most of the Americans they accept. There's a lot of people here with all different languages. For example, I learned Spanish. You know, I, I'm fluent in Spanish, too. When I started working, uh, most of the people speak Spanish. So I learned the language. I can read and write in Spanish, too. So it's something that you have to want it. You should be discouraged by nothing and anybody.
0: So you think it's more of like, like you discouraging yourself to speak to other people? Most
4: of the people. Yes, they're discouraged because they they feel like um embarrassed like you know because like you know like I said, you're going to an office and you go to some place like you know and you don't know the, the english language you know it's it's very discouraging for you to go to up somebody and and speak your own your own language.
0: What do you think could be done to make non english speaking people feel more accepted like just in general or? In schools,
4: in general, uh, I feel that in this country, like uh, a lot of people uh, that don't know the English language, should work a little harder to learn the English language. They shouldn't be discouraged. They should learn places, like you no, know, learn where they, they offer like classes and things like that. This country does a lot for immigrants. I'm an immigrant and I, like when I came from Italy, they helped me a lot. For example, I went to, I had to get my license and I didn't know, like, you know, the test. I requested the test in Italian. They gave me the test in Italian. Uh, there was Chinese people, they requested the Chinese test, Russian test, Spanish test. They have every, I don't, they have like a Latin language. You go to an office, you don't speak English. They provide a translator for you. You go to court, you have a translator. You go to an office, they'll get you a translator. What they can do more in school is kids that don't speak English, they shouldn't get graded like the same way that people speak English. Okay. They should give more, like, a little, like, more space to, if they get an 80, you know, give them a 90. Because at that point, like, you know, they're very, disadvantage with the language
0: so you think they should get more leeway
4: yeah they should get more leeway because like i said you know it's they're coming from a different country from a different language it's not as easy to do when you learn history or you learn english you know it's not your language it's your second language so they should be they should give more leeway to to the people that
0: do you okay one more question do you think that schools can do better teaching other languages and making it more inclusive, like offering more languages and teaching it. Cause you know, in my school, they only offer Italian and Spanish. They don't offer anything else. And do you think that they could do a better way of teaching those and more languages?
4: Yes, they should offer more more languages. Like Chinese is a very important language right now. Japanese, French the way that they teach the classes there's not enough conversation I, I, I see kids learning the language like you know they really don't get that chance to speak a lot to, for you to learn a language you have to speak it uh, and that's the most important thing they show up classes like uh, kids like you know when the students go to school and they, they show up the class where they can sit down and speak it. they have to speak it uh, that's the only way you can learn
0: so you think that they should take it easy on the grammar and we should learn more yes. about how to have real life conversations and culture
4: more life conversation yes the life conversation that one, that's one that helps helps a lot you will never learn a language if you don't speak it if you don't speak the language you like you know if you don't practice it you don't you you're really going to learn the language? never going to learn the language i mean Read it, maybe you can understand it like a little here and there, but you will never learn a language without it. and it's fun. Learning a language is fun. It should be fun. You should not be embarrassed. Me learning English was I always have fun. I wasn't embarrassed, so that's why I I learned it really quick. Don't be embarrassed to say words the wrong way. You know, you make fun of me all the time. So <laughs> when I can pronounce words the right way. But uh, it's fun. i give you an example. I, I came from Italy, I ended up in a restaurant, and I was stuck. I didn't know where to go to the bathroom because on the bathroom they had the sign sailors and mermaid. I didn't know the words, so I didn't know where to go to the mermaid? bathroom. Yeah, sailors
0: and mermaids, okay. sailors
4: and mermaid. So I didn't know where to go to the bathroom. So I had to ask somebody, said, Excuse me, where did I go? <laughs> so it's fun, you know. You go back, you, you know, you remember. All those little stories but you know like i said i encourage everybody everybody that don't be embarrassed don't be discouraged they like, you know, just you know the word just say it
0: okay thank you for speaking on our podcast and teaching us a little bit about yourself and your language and where you came from and educating us a little bit more
4: thank you and good luck
0: thank you I have researched many ways that students can feel more comfortable in the classroom and at school in general. I believe it isn't that difficult for a teacher to take some extra time out of their day to make sure their students are excited to learn and confident when coming to class. I found that teachers specifically could always ask students about their language backgrounds. Many professors and teachers ask students to share information about themselves at the beginning of the semester or the year by a way of survey. It is also worth asking students, what languages or dialects did you grow up speaking at home? What languages and dialects did you learn in school? Have you ever been mocked or degraded for how you speak and or write? Would you like feedback on your grammar throughout the year? Ask all students rather than singling students out and making them feel different. Another way is by assessing students on what you're actually teaching them Many professors feel as if they're not doing their jobs if they don't mark students down for not writing in standard academic English, or they fear that they're misleading students and not preparing them for the real world. But when we assess for standard academic English, we're putting multilingual and multi-dialectal students at a distinct disadvantage. Don't penalize students for not writing an SAE and consider implementing grading contracts that value actual labor, effort, and process rather than quality, standardization, and product. Students should also have opportunities to write in their own voice. So for example, in writing centers, you could invite students to write in their native language. You could also ask them to write for public audiences. Public discourse provides more opportunity for diverse dialects and code meshing. And students can present rich academic research and advance sophisticated arguments in their own language to broad audiences. On the other hand, rather than teachers specifically, schools as a whole could just offer more language options to speak, such as Japanese, Chinese, French, ASL, etc. Many people that I know have said that their schools only offer Spanish, and if they're lucky, one or two more other options to speak. Um, When there are many languages, the offering of a wide variety shows that there's more to just English and Spanish. There is so much culture all around the world that all of us should be learning about because our classmates are also going through these things and they might feel uncomfortable, but if they see that we're all learning about it and we're all comfortable with it, they'll feel comfortable in the classroom setting. I think school should definitely offer more clubs Clubs allow for an atmosphere to hang out with people after or before school. These kids could have similar interests, traditions, norms, and lifestyles. There's no tests, homework, participation points, and no one feels pressured to be right or to perform well. It's just a fun time and an extracurricular. Lastly, something that I think is different is to bring in guest speakers. Guest speakers are always fun and interesting. They have a great way of explaining things to students from their own experience and with great stories. It's a different perspective. It's not like a teacher from your school explaining something. It's a fresh face. And they're typically typically t- talking about something that you don't normally learn in the classroom. So I think it's interesting to bring an outside person into the school and have everyone hear what him or her has to say. And that's it for today. Thank you guys for coming in and listening to our podcast on this segment of Language Love, Fighting Prejudice for Future Progress. I hope you all enjoyed. Thank you for listening.